0: Let's get into uh, let's get into some teaching uh, today as we're continuing with our series. Self inflicted, self inflicted. I know what it is to create problems for myself. Maybe you do too. I've had self inflicted setbacks. Uh, self-inflicted wounds. I've done that to myself. I still have a scar on my finger where I was cutting a box open and uh, the the knife slipped, as you know, as I know it can do, and it it cut my finger and I still have a scar. It was a self-inflicted wound. We do that. But I'm glad that we're not stuck with the negative, but God's word actually says we can have self-inflicted blessings And advance. That that's really good news. That you can up your own game. You can up your own life. And and we're going to show you how to do that. Just the past couple of weeks. Uh, our family has been going through some family photo albums. Do you ever do that? Do, do you ever just open up all those old dusty albums and start looking back over those old hairstyles? Kind of scary. I mean, I had this mullet. It is nasty. I, I, I put a picture up a few weeks ago, and it was ugly, but I've got some worse ones than that. It's like a bush. It, it's nasty. We're going to have to put those up sometime. But as we were going through those, we found some pictures of Caleb when he was like really little, like really little. He used to be sweet. He used to be so kind. Okay, he is now. But I'm just saying, when they're little, they're just precious. They're angels, right? Then carrying them around, and daddy, daddy. And it was just wonderful. Put a French fry in his hand, and he was a happy camper. That's just kind of how he rolled. But as I was watching those, or looking at those pictures and reminiscing over those, I, I begin to think back of, of, of just the outrageous love we had for him. Cindy and I, uh, we could barely afford to pay attention. Uh, so during Christmas and birthday, man, we just, everything went to him. We got a, each other a few little little things right she bought me a bag of Reese cups and uh, I bought her some fake eyelashes and that's what we got each other for Christmas and then from there we leveraged everything uh, for Caleb just to make sure he was loved and celebrated It, it was wonderful provision protection planning scheduling whatever he needed that's what he got why because we loved him that was our boy he was our total focus uh, but as he began to grow uh, and, and, and we began to extend that love, it also came with rules. It, it also came with some parameters. It also came with this thing called chores. Like there's some duties you're going to do around the house. You're going to as a little boy start contributing to this family. You're going to be a part of this family unit. So there were some guidelines like you have to be in bed at a certain time and oh take the trash out and, 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 and the little things just to help him begin to learn responsibility going forward. We expected him to follow those things as being a part of the family. Clean your room. Take a bath. Put your bike back. All, all those things, right? If he did it, if he did those things, he got additional blessings and celebrations at the end of that week. Like we celebrate the kid. Oh, that's so good. That's amazing. And we give him $5. Now, you know, now it's 2020. You got to give kids like $50. But but, we, but back then we got away with a little bit. We would slip him a five. Something just to celebrate him a little bit extra because he did what we asked him to do. We, we raised the bar and he did it. If he didn't do it, it wasn't a good day. No, because we were, we were teaching him the blessings, the extra, was withheld. You see, watch this. Our love for Caleb was never withheld. We always continued loving because we never threw his last name away. He was always a part of the family. But the extra, the, the access, the, the increase was withheld. This is really important that we understand that when, when he obeyed, it was an amazing week. When he rebelled, it was a rough week. Kind of sounds like your life and my life, right? I mean, God, it's as if God has a family, and he is crazy about us and extends his love towards us, and then he puts some family chores out there that we need to come into alignment with, and if if we follow through, man, it's amazing, it's a wonderful week, here comes extra. If we don't, things can actually get rough, not because he withholds his love, not because he punishes us emotionally, but the extra that he wants to give us, he can't give us because there are some order there's some plans that are in place that we have to follow in order to get the extra that he has for us. Uh, ultimately, ultimately, Caleb was the decider if he was going to have an amazing week or if he was going to have a rough week. It wasn't up to me to decide. He got to decide based on his, are you ready for it? The big O word, obedience. Obedience. Obedience is, is one of the most misunderstood aspects of the Christian faith, in my opinion. Obedience is that word that, quite honestly, it's not even considered a positive word today. You hear the word obedience, it makes you cringe. It, it sounds like, ugh, did you say the O word, right? And it's it's kind of almost like a cuss word today, although it's not officially. But, but we, we don't like it. There's something, just it just kind of pushes back. It seems cold and, and harsh. Uh, it's got these, these overtones of legalism to it. Be obedient. Like someone's trying to control you. And there's something inside of us that pushes back. Anytime we hear somebody say, you need to obey this or be obedient, you need to come into a line, there's something about us That just pushes back because we're driven for to be in control. I'll be an individual. No one's going to dominate me. That's what we begin to think here. We don't want anyone telling us what to do, even God. Even God. We we, we find ourselves cringing and pushing back. and, And the problem is this, I believe, and I want to address this today. The problem is this we don't understand the power and the blessing. Of obedience that we have, that obedience brings to our life when we do things God's way. I, I, I want you to discover how and why obedience creates self inflicted advance in your world today we're going to talk about this I want to talk about how favor comes and why favor comes how promotion how increase comes and why it comes to your life what, how why does obedience deliver wisdom why is joy connected to your obedience you need to know what's at stake if we're going to push back and treat God as if it's someone else trying to control our world God's not trying to manipulate you God is trying to advance you your life because obedience is a powerful principle of increase in our life if we'll do it God's way. So what is the purpose of obedience and how does it advance our life? Let's talk about that today really quick. Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, no one can please God without faith. Whoever goes to God must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. I love this verse. In fact, I love this whole chapter. It's, it's, it's the, that, that, one of those faith chapters, right? It just it builds. But, but this verse stands out really, really cool. No one can please God without faith. And then it goes on to say, you must believe that God exists and you must also believe that God's a rewarder of those who seek him. Uh, so what is faith? Faith is that trust and perseverance towards God. Sometimes we think trust me or faith means i've got this unshakable confidence that god is always going to come through and i'm here to tell you that don't fly I love God and I've been serving him for a few decades now. I cannot believe this. Next year will be 30 years of full-time ministry. I've been doing this. I'm getting old, y'all. I'm getting old. But but here's what I've learned. In those decades of serving God, I have never really reached a point where it's unshakable confidence. It's always going to work because in our humanity, we still struggle. So faith is not about ultimate confidence Faith is about persevering and deciding to trust God even when I have doubts that are still on the inside. That's what faith is. So faith, according to God's word here, does two things. It believes. It believes that God exists. In other words, I've accepted him into my heart. I claim that he's God and he's my God. I, I, I know him and faith does this according to this verse. Watch this. I'm talking about obedience. Watch me. It says that faith also seeks him, diligently seeks him. It also pursues. You do not have faith, you cannot please God unless you have given your heart, your life to him to come and know him. And now you're also seeking him. To know that he is a rewarder of those that are after him. So so don't what the word is saying, don't stop with salvation. Salvation is a great start, but that's not the end. How many times do we have people today that they give their heart to Christ, but we just don't go any further? And I want to challenge you today. There's more to Jesus than just inviting him into your heart. That, that's an amazing first step. And we want everybody to experience that burden-lifting experience of Jesus entering your life. Sins forgive. Give him that's great but but we've got to keep moving we've got to keep moving so we can begin to experience him because the more you know about him, the better he gets and that 's what god's word's trying to tell us. Faith is where I declare that he's God he's my God, but I also experience the reward of seeking him that 's exactly what this is about. see sometimes we get this twisted M- many many say that faith is something I do in order to get God to respond to me. We, we say this, faith moves God. And, and I, would, I, would, I would caution us on how we actually define that because we begin to think this way, and I've grown up in the church all my life, and I've seen a lot of believers who believe this, that, that faith is about persuading or convincing God to do something for me. So I'm going to pray more so God will do this. I will serve more so I can get something from God. I'm I'm going to give, I'm going to sing, I'm going to sacrifice, and maybe if I do this, then God will do this for me. And and all of us have a fault line. We all trip, we all get on this little back and forth, and we can find ourselves wavering where we actually begin to think this. I found myself going there just a month ago. I was in a situation, and I began to catch myself going, Scott, now wait a minute, you can't earn anything from God by doing more so so, so you got to pump your brakes and check yourself here because you see if that worked if I was able to do something and if I prayed so much then God had to do something then it's no longer a gift from God it's something I earned and God was obligated to give it to me so it's no longer a good God he just paid me for what I did so it has nothing to do with earning something God doesn't owe me anything The Bible actually calls that thinking, calls it dead works. Ooh, we're going to educate you today on something. This is so good. Every believer needs to hear this. It's called dead works. It's where I'm trying to manipulate God into blessing my life. I want you to know what obedience is and what it is not. Obedience is not manipulating God, not twisting God. I'm not earning something where God owes me. He has to now because I did this. He better do this. And many times, how many times have we gotten angry with God because I did this, I did this, I did this. Why didn't he do this? And all of a sudden, I've got a scorecard and I think God has to jump because I checked the boxes off. And that's not what, that's not what the Bible is about. That's not what relationship is about. You see, Jesus, Jesus completely paid our sin debt and gave us his, static of, his status of perfect standing with God. When Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins and you and I gave our heart to Jesus, bam, your sin debt was completely removed from jump. From that day on, you are clean. God looks at you with as much righteousness as he saw his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible says, he who knew no sin... Who would never sinned Jesus became our sin He took on my sinful status that I could become the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus you too. when God looks at you, he doesn't think about your past, how jacked up you were, all he sees is the same status that Jesus had that's how God looks at you. those are the eyes that he sees you through uh, but 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 you see here, here's the deal. Dead works and obedience, those two things, dead works and obedience, they're not the same, but they're so similar, they can be confusing on how they work. And I want to show you what this is because you see, dead works is where I'm trying to earn my way, earn something from God. That's not what obedience is. Let me show you the difference here. Dead works basically is this. Dead works is where religion makes a scorecard. That There is a list of do's and there's a list of don'ts. And if you do that, then God is obligated to do this. And if you and I take on that mindset, we're going to live disappointed with God and it's going to create a frustration where we might even bail on God because we'll say, this just doesn't work. I condemn God off of my wrong thinking. And we've got to see what God's word says because obedience is different. What's the difference between between the works, uh, dead works, And obedience, because the actions are the same. Watch, dead works will try to pray to get God to do something, but obedience is also going to pray because that's what the Word says. Dead works is going to sacrifice. Dead works is going to give in order to try to, maybe if I do this, then God will do this. But obedience is also going to do those same things. What's the difference between the two? The motive of the heart. The motive of my heart while I'm, while I'm engaging and in relationship with God is going to determine whether I'm living in dead works or if I'm actually operating in obedience. And God has never promised to do anything for me out of dead works. Dead works is going to set me back. But if I'll do it God's way, I get the blessing, the bump, the increase, self-inflicted self-infl- in, in, in blessing and advance hits my life when I do obedience. I will never advance my life with dead works because I can't manipulate anything out of God. God cannot be manipulated, dominated or intimidated we have to do it through obedience and God says I've already instituted a law, it's in motion if you'll do this out of a heart for me the blessing is going to flow into your life I am a God that is a rewarder of those who diligently seek me, That's, that's what he said that's what he said so dead works thinks like this, it's about deserving God obedience is about aligning with God Dead works thinks I deserve. Obedience says I just want to know. And those, ladies and gentlemen, those get completely different results. When we begin to move into obedience, we begin to experience the sight of God that we never knew could exist. And that's where things just start to get exciting in your relationship with him. So so we want to move towards him. Am I praying because I want the promotion or am I praying because I love him? These become the questions we start to ask ourselves to identify, where is the motive of my heart? John chapter 14, Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commands. Notice he didn't say, if you want something from me, keep my commands. He said, if you love me. If you have a heart after me, if you want to relate with me, if you want to share something that's going to outlast time, then, then let's do that. Then, then follow that. But, but please don't try to manipulate me because I'm not going to play the game. This is what God's Word is saying. Jesus said, only, the only motivation for our obedience should be to know Him more. It's because I love Him, I trust, I obey, and I follow And in the trusting, obeying, and following, he said, I saw that, and blessing is released. This is the how and the why of obedience. Obedience can't be a dirty word. Obedience can't be a controlling word. Obedience is actually a door that opens to give you access to everything you say you want. It's behind the door of obedience, not anything to hold us back. When we think, I've got to be obedient, we think I'm losing something. It's keeping joy from me. It's keeping, man, I could be doing this, but i got to be obedient. I can't, as if it's restricting, when the truth is it's actually freedom. It's actually releasing me into another world that only God could give me I don't want to live in the hallway when I could be living in the banquet room of everything God has behind the door there's more waiting on us there's more waiting on us but we have to access it through obedience so obedience is not about getting God to accept or love us no he he loves you he accepts you he's not an emotionally manipulating daddy Who's coming to twist you into, and he, that, he's not trying to do that. No, obedience is about moving towards him, which then connects me with his heart he sets out things in his word do this, don't do this choose life, not death I'm setting before you blessings and cursings please do it my way so you can have my results, he's trying to show me follow this path, this path is my will and my way for advance it's going to look weird because you live in a twisted, sin sick self serving world and everyone's got their own attitude and their own ideas about what life is but I'm the only, since I'm the creator of life, I might know where life comes from and so if you'll follow my directions get on my gps i will take you i know you're going to think you're lost and we went the long way around but i'm telling you i'm getting you around the accident i'm getting you past the traffic jam and i'm going to get you where you need to be right on time i'm going to get you there but you got to do it my way i'm the giver of life therefore i'm the sustainer of life that means i'm the blesser of life we just got to do it god's way you see relationship is what changes obedience into seeking Oh, don't miss that. I, I'm loving that right there. Watch this. It's it's it, it's it's relationship. It's because I'm connected. I I can be obedient to a total stranger and I could just be doing it in order to get out of the situation. But when the motive changes to where I'm not just doing this to please you, I'm doing it because I want to know you, that is a game changer. Now it's relationship that moves me from just being obedient into seeking who he is. And seeking is where he said the reward is released in our life. Now submitting My will to him is no longer a sacrifice of faith. It's now an expression of my love. I hope you're tracking with what obedience is and is not. Now, obedience is releasing me. Obedience is showing me who he is, where he is, and how to know him. And when I get to know him, I'm not just—I'm no longer just seeking his hand for what's in his hand. I'm seeking his face, and I found out if I'm just seeking his hand, I get what he's got right there. But if I seek his face, I get everything that comes with him, not just what he has on him, but in his bank account, in his storehouse. All riches, all glory, everything is mine if I'll just seek him the right way. It's not... Not about dead works manipulating. It's about doing it to please and honor God, to know Him, and when you know Him, everything about Him comes with the relationship. Obedience, it matters. Let, let me close with this. Again, Hebrews eleven six. Let me just reread this for just just one quick minute. No one can please God without faith. No one. I can't. You can't. No one. Whoever goes to God must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. God wants you to identify, admit, qualify that He's a rewarder. He's not afraid of that. He's not ashamed of that. He's saying I'm telling you now I'll reward you if you come after me. If you will step in obedience towards me I'm going to open heavens up on your life but you got to do it my way. Don't try to play. Don't try to twist. I want you to come after knowing me, not just getting something from me. You see, when Jesus died, he gave us eternal life. That's amazing. But he also said he died that we could have life and life more abundant. That it's not just when we get there, but what about some life here? What about some joy and some peace here? What about healing in your home right here? What about him doing something for your kids that you can't do on your own? What what if he got involved and actually helped you with the business? If he gave you wisdom on the decision-making, that's not normal. It's not natural. And you didn't get it out of a book, off of your favorite podcast, or in a counseling office. You didn't get it anywhere except I just went to talk to him. And while I was just meeting with him, I began to have something hit my mind. And I had ideas that I'd never had before. And it was actually a GPS system to get through this because I found out when I was seeking him, he started releasing blessings, obedience aligned me and now I'm walking in the fullness of everything he said I can have. Are you kidding me? This is the obedient life. This is what it's about because relationship is what is driving it. I'm not trying to manipulate God. I just want to know him. I just want to know him. Oh man, this, this is so burning on my heart right now because if we're not careful we will make church all about what we get from God instead of how we get to know God. We'll make it all about the, the next blessing or the next car or, or the house or the gated community or the promotion. And those things come and that's all a part, but it is the smallest part. It's the smallest benefit of knowing Him. The relationship of knowing He's alive in your heart and He's for you and not against you. And you've got victory here and you've got victory there. No matter what you're going through, He's by your side. He's for you and not against you. The creator of everything loves you supremely. He sees you through righteous eyes, holds nothing against you, family family. And friends hold scorecards. God tore it up and says, I've got your back. Let's go. Why would I not lean into knowing him, loving him, talking to him, doing what he said? I can trust him with my life. And as I'm just leaning in because the greatest benefit is loving and knowing him, here comes a benefit package of gifts and grace and joy and hope flooding my world. Are you kidding me? It gets better and better. Why would I not want to know him? Obedience is the door that opens up all great, amazing, wonderful promises of God. It's, I can't just pray those things in. I obey those things in. And when we do it His way, we get His results. Let me put it this way. Because I believe He's God. This is Hebrews eleven 6. I'm just going to break it down for you in three statements. Because I believe He's God, which means I'm saved. I'm in relationship with him. I will seek to know him. That means I obey with the right motive. And he will reward me, which is the byproduct. He can't help himself. He's crazy about me. He's that parent that sees the child do amazing things, and the parent can't help himself. They start emptying their pockets to bless a child who didn't come asking for the ice cream but crawled up in daddy's lap just to say, Daddy, I love you. There is nothing like that in the world. See, something interesting happened when Caleb matured. Being with his daddy became more important than the work. Uh, Watch this, watch this. See, work and the chores... And the duties that dad gave him to do in the house or when I was going to work, he wanted to go to work with daddy now. He, all of that, that work became just a way for him to express his love and his desire to be with me. It was no longer heavy because it wasn't separated from me. It was all about our relationship. The chores that I gave him actually connected our hearts And now he didn't mind the chores because the chores connect him to his daddy and wherever daddy was. If it was work or whether it was play, he just wanted to be where daddy was. That, ladies and gentlemen, is relationship. And that's what your heavenly father wants with you. So how does obedience work for God and how does obedience work for us? For us, obedience connects us to his ways of Jesus, to the ways of Jesus. Do it his way. You meet Jesus. The way of Jesus leads us to a relationship that's more intimate and deeper and growing every single day. It gets better and better all the time. And then our relationship with Jesus releases reward into our life. That's how obedience works for us. How does obedience work for God because it's a blessing on both sides? Well, for God, he loves, provides, protects us because we are his kids. That's relationship. Then as we align with his will for our lives, he celebrates, He rewards, and He adds blessings to our lives, which He's wanting to do all along. You see, it works for us. It works for Him. It's, it's a win-win. Obedience is not a bad word. It's the advance. It is the door that will take you to everything you say you want. Don't run from it. Run to it. Keep your heart and your motives pure. We can't manipulate. God owes us nothing. Everything we receive is because God is good. It's his joy to do it, but if we'll just do things his way, blessings have no option but to flow into our lives. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a door into the abundant life that you promised. Father, I've got to admit our culture actually takes these words that your word gives us and makes us want to run from them instead of to them. But today we have redefined, we have decided that your word is good and obedience to you is the only way to live our lives. So I pray that you would help us to come into more alignment that I'm willing to change my lifestyle to match your word. Change my mindset to match your word. Repent when I don't feel like it because your word told me. Check my attitude because that's what your word said, even though I'm feeling a different way. But your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. It's the truth that will outlast time and eternity. It preceded this earth. It will outlast time. God, I'll build my life on it. I will hide your words in my heart that I won't sin against you. That's what David wrote. God, today we will apply obedience to uh, to our lives so that we can know and experience everything you said we can have We, we say yes to you God we want to know you we want to know you your heart your voice echoing through our heart direction and love and a relationship that is so real that it's almost tangible in this world we feel you emotionally there's an experience of your love that can invade the room change the atmosphere and bring a peace in the middle of crisis there's a reality of you that will supersede anything that this world can produce thank you for that reality we need you we don't need the toys we need you but God with you and by knowing you everything. You said you would supply in abundance all of our need according to your riches and glory. Thank you that you are a rewarder. That's what your word says in Hebrews 11. And there's people today, God, we're going to change our eyes towards you. We're going to get our eyes off of the things that we're seeking. We're going to start seeking you. I don't need money. I need you. I don't need a relationship. I need you. I don't need a car. I don't need a house. I need you. I don't need a business. I need you. And you will bring all good and perfect gifts in perfect time my way. God, thank you that you direct every area of our lives. I speak that over my friends right now that are frustrated and feel stuck. As we turn our eyes towards you and we just love you, we will watch doors open. We'll watch the promises flow. We'll watch the answers hit. We honor you today for all of this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Oh, my goodness, I'm talking to me today, free life. I'm speaking to Scott Thomas today. I need to be reminded of this like you need to be reminded of this, that none of us are outgrowing this. We we can all slip, go left and right, but, boy, if we would just put our feet back on the ground, lock in, we can live self-inflicted with blessing because when we do it God's way, we get God's results. We certainly do.